Hey there, Kubrick fans. If you like what you hear during this episode, be sure to visit our website at thekubrickseries.com for more episodes and uncut interviews from the series. And you can also consider making a one-time or recurring monthly donation in any amount of your choosing if you'd like to support our podcast. That's thekubrickseries.com. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Kubrick Series Uncut. In this episode, we speak with Emilio D'Alessandro. D'Alessandro was a personal assistant to Kubrick from 1971 until the time of his death. He is the subject of the recent documentary, S is for Stanley. Tell me a little bit about your, your life prior to, to meeting Mr. Kubrick. You were, what brought you from Italy to England, for, for instance? Well, to start with, it was that uh, as a young man here, young boy, um, I'm talking about 1950 to 60s, the work was uh, not really available. You know, and uh, uh, I wanted to search for something, you know, to to do for myself, to to show my family that I could do something. Um, the studies they were, you know, um, very difficult uh, to go to school and so on. You know, no public transport and all this. It was a a life little bit down. And when I read some magazines and newspapers and watched TV occasionally, because we never had one at a time, I could see that around the world there was something on offer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you were willing. And um, I did a little bit of um, mechanical uh, apprenticeship here. And uh, that's about it, but without pay. And uh, as the time was approaching to, for my age to be called uh, for the army, I thought, oh, no, I cannot, I will not. You know, I just couldn't put myself in my hands a rifle mm-hmm. or a thing, because where I live, believe me, there are hundreds and hundreds of young men being killed during the war from 18 years old, and I thought, oh, no, I don't want to end up like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd better get away from Italy. And uh, with a bit of luck, uh, we found uh, a place in England where uh, it offered me work. That, the pay was very little, and I thought, to hell with it. I'll wait until I can get a little bit more money, but I'll go for it. Right. And that w- brought me to England right. to work as a domestic, and not for you know Mr. Kubrick uh, until later time, because um, by that time uh, it was about three or four years before I met Mr. Kubrick. Uh, I did quite a few other jobs. And, uh, in fact, I was uh, doing motor racing as well. Um, I started to learn the language because I never knew one word of English. And um, there you go. The newspapers that brought me, uh, they did some uh, advertising. And uh, maybe, I believe, it was that which brought Stanley Kubrick to my knowing. Mm. And uh, I was contacted by... 
an agency to do a job for him, which I did, and he wanted to know who did this job because the roads were so uh, terrible that the drivers on a set, they did not want to drive on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> and as I was uh, trained to do that, I did a job, and of course, Stanley wanted to know who did it. But I was working for him for about a um, couple of months without knowing who I was working for. Wow. <laughs> and uh, the secretary one day said to me, but do you realize he, who you are working for? I said, no. All I work for, all I know is Hawk Films Limited. And um, I know they give me a lot of work. And uh, at the end of the week, I'm paid rewarded. Mm. So she said, but, and she told me Stanley Kubrick, he wanted to meet you. So, <laughs> I said, okay, fine. Why do I meet him? She said, he lives here. And he was at his house, you see. Hmm. But they didn't know who he was, what was going on. <laughs> wow, wow. Could you? I read something, and this is this is a great fun fact for um, for movie fans. That first driving assignment that you had on, on the icy roads, yes. I read something about what you were transporting, and it was something from the Clockwork Orange set. Is that right? Yeah, at the end of Clockwork, I, <laughs> I, I dropped in because, and I had to uh, transport this great what you call it. <laughs> I don't know quite what you call it. it it's the ceramic, uh, I guess it would be a penis, that, that is, is yes. a murder weapon in the movie. Yes, but it was huge, so I had to cover <laughs> it up. Because I had to go all across London. <laughs> oh, Jesus, you know. <laughs> Although it's in white, but <laughs> well. I don't want uh, people waiting for a bus or something there. <laughs> because there was no way out from London in those days. You had to go all across the streets of London. Mm. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So That's an odd assignment, yes. Uh, So tell me what your impressions were when you met him. What what about him kind of endeared you to him, and and what about you do you think endeared him to you? Well, that was um, really a strange thing, because um, before him... I did meet other uh, producers um, at uh, the ex-MGM in Boromund, but, you know, just to do a to do few jobs. And uh, they were ever so polite and nice people. And when I was introduced to him, and he came out, all dressed casually, <laughs> <laughs> I thought, um, when is he coming out? But that was him. So he said to me, are you Emilio? I said, yes. And then he put a hand in his pocket, and uh, he drew up this little newspaper cutting, and he said, is this you? I said, yes. And then he asked me a few questions, and he said, I'm Stanley Kubrick. Oh, pleased to meet you, Mr. Kubrick. He said, "Um, uh, one thing, if we want to get along... Don't call me Mr. Kubrick. I got a name. I said, yes, and what is it? He said, Stanley. Call me Stanley. Mm-hmm. 
okay. <laughs> and I thought, oh, God, it's even better than the other people. <laughs> nice, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think we hit her very well. <laughs> and, well it, uh, it seems so. I mean, you were with him for 30, for 30 years. Um, yes, 28, uh, on and off, 30 years. Wow. Because then I tried to retire and I was called back. And, uh, you know, but it really, really, it, it was like my father. Mm. It was, uh, and, uh, you know, all the people I used to take to him, actor, actresses, and so on, they were all uh, musicians and so forth, all terrified on what they read about him. Mm. I said, please, don't. Because when I picked up these people, the magic word was, I was not Stanley's driver or Stanley's um, factotum. I was a, uh, a higher driver, private. Mm. And um, so the, uh, these people, even when I picked up Ryan, Ryan O'Neill, they didn't know who I was and so forth. In all they knew, I was a, a, a driver from a, a, a minicab company. And uh, they used to be so open to speak about him, but at the end of it, when I took them back, uh, Stanley used to call me and they said, "What was our conversation?" <laughs> he wanted <laughs> to know. He wanted to know what they were saying about him to you. Exactly. Mm. And uh, I said, "Oh, very good, very good. You're doing a great job." <laughs> and of course, he took me in. Uh, it took me away from the uh, taxi where I used to uh, work with uh, and uh, employed me as a as driver to start. Mm -hmm. But then I ended up to do every God-blessed thing. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go to Cambridge to learn how to inject the cats and dogs and give them the tablet and so forth, you know. Wow, but I didn't yeah. mind. It paid me. I was doing quite well. <laughs> and every day was a, not just a job. Every day over there, it was like being at the university mm. because everything was different. And everything in the market, like cameras or whatever, he wanted the... Um, he, want, he wanted to know before anybody else, because he used to read in the magazines, and uh, the secretary used to tell the secretary, please find out where I could get a lift or something. And uh, quickly they did. And, uh, of course, he was the first one, well, according to me, to get all the information. Mm. And that was him. Tell me about the uh, because you just mentioned that you transported the actors uh, back and forth from from set, uh, yeah. and and Mr. Kubrick's films were awfully long shoots usually. Uh, yes. Did did you kind of sense the exhaustion setting in in some of these actors as, as it wore on? Yes, they used to, you know, most of them complain. But when is it going to finish? <laughs> we had a time 
I said, well, look, are you working? Yes. Are you being paid? Yes. I said, well, all you've got to do is postpone get one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just be patient because he is not telling you to go. <laughs> He's obviously doing a good job, and you want to do more and more. So just be patient. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was him, you know. It was the um, uh, it wasn't it, it took so long. But um, I think after a few um, films, people knew how long it would take, so they were prepared more or less not to commit themselves without a, a contract. Right. Until they were released from Stanley. <laughs> right. It was the, I mean, it was the honor of working with him. Uh, right. They were willing to do anything for him once they understood what, what his process was. Oh, yes. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you... They all did a, a terrific job, all the actors. Uh, I don't remember any, well, hardly any, to, to have a row, you know, um, hard times and so No, no. All very satisfied of the way they uh, behaved and the way uh, Stanley uh, treated them with a great respect. Yeah. You know, I've heard, I, I, I've always heard throughout the interviews, I've done about 60 or so interviews for, for the series where we're celebrating his films, and uh, everyone that had an involvement in the production of The Shining or any all of Kubrick's films, uh, they say uh, their their favorite was Jack Nicholson. I mean, Jack Nicholson was just so easygoing and friendly and, and rambunctious throughout the shoot. Did did you find that to be the case? Did you have involvement with him? Uh, well, uh, well, with the Jack Nicholson, he, well, he is great. He was great, um, and the Stanley had a very little to to uh, read what would be to tell him how to behave, because uh, it, it was perfect yeah. for the the role. Um, in fact, he, he was like um, uh, in Full Metal Jacket. If you think of um, um, Lee Ermey, mm-hmm. well, this chap, which was a great instructor, he didn't need a script. He knew exactly how to stand how to look, how to speak, uh, the tone of the voice, and the volume. Stanley was amazed. And also, I think it was with Jack, because Jack did everything. Mm-hmm. He didn't need a lot to be told. And, uh, uh, well, it was, it was pleased with Jack. Yeah. Yes. Did you, uh, did you ever have the opportunity to actually see him at work, on the set? Uh, who Jack? No, 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 uh, m- uh, Mr. Kubrick. Yes, yes. Well, uh, uh, at the times I had to be there uh, for various things. I remember one time he said to me, "Please stay on a set because I got my parents, and I, w- I want to show them um, what's the word for it, what we shoot this afternoon, mm-hmm. and that would have been when." Uh, Jack put the axe at uh, Scatman, mm. and the, the blood would come out, and so forth. He said, please stay with uh, my parents. 
in case uh, you know they they feel um, upset about it. Mm-hmm. So I said, Stanley, don't worry, I'll be with them. I said, I'll be in between them. <laughs> you matter one side, you fucking the other side. Oh, I said, then I can go ahead and feel uh, uh, re relaxed about this shot. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, you know, on and off, then invited me and my family because the hours were there were so long for me. There was no time to get back home. He said to me, please bring your family to watch another thing, you know, scene which will, would be shot for The Shining, which was very nice, where Dan Lloyd is uh, there, Shelley Duval. Are you related with uh, Shelley Duval? I'm not. I'm not, no. I'm not related <laughs> to any famous Duvals, I'm sorry to say. No, only the surname. <laughs> right, right, right. And, uh, uh, you know, but it did invite me, and also uh, during Ice White Shot, uh, I had to be there. And uh, as you know, I think, I'm uh, the... You're in it. Uh, in um, selling the newspaper to Tom Cruise. Yes, you, you. Yes, you are. How, how did that opportunity come about? Well, because he said to me that uh, uh, the research from America, whoever was there uh, to do certain things, he said mm, my face would suit a newspaper seller in America. So he had a little bit of difficult to ask me. Because he said, do you mind if I ask you this? When he told me, I said, Stan, look, I've got to do something. I'm doing something. Either I'm over there or doing something. I'm working for you. Mm-hmm. So he said, oh, great. But the thing was this. So while doing this thing for about 10 seconds, whatever it takes, uh, when it's shown, it took me and him Two weeks. Mm-hmm. Two weeks. Every evening, about a half an hour, three quarters of an hour, get back in that kiosk. We've got to do another shot. <laughs> I said, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it was a great going with it. Yeah. Great. <laughs> so you guys would watch, I understand you guys would watch a, a lot of films. He he, he liked to see the, the latest releases, right? Sorry, he he liked to see the latest, a lot of the latest films, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, always, always. In fact, before they went to the cinema, he would have appreciated if any of the producers would offer him to see, to view, and pass comments. Mm. Yes. So did you uh, did you did did you know of any kind of particular favorites he had? Did you watch some of these films with him? No, 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 no. Unfortunately, I used to make everything ready for him on a projection room, but never stay and watch with him. He did invite me. I said, finally, look, I've got to go home. Mm-hmm. At least to eat and change, because I got uh, uh, I only got a few hours, and then I got to get back to work. I said, not particularly here, but I've got to go into London uh, to the to do, get the stuff out, the customs and so forth, mm-hmm. all for him. Well, for him, of course. I said, you don't realize that when I come back here, I've finished. (laughs) 
And uh, they said, well, I'll understand, but make everything ready for me. You know, number one, number two, number three, uh, of, uh, or whichever films, because at the time, at the weekend, he would be about uh, seven films, wow. different films, wow. he wanted to look at. Mm. New and old. Mm. And, uh, but it was, it, it, it was great. <laughs> I, yeah, I bet it was. Tell me, uh, how did you actually see his films? I mean, did he screen, when he finished a project, did he screen it for, for, for you and his family? Or did you go to the theater to see them? How did that work? Well, both ways. Before uh, of the, to go to the cinema, um, he used to have a few days before or a week before, um, uh, a private screen at his house. He had a proper uh, projection room and the room available. He did always invite me, and I said, I'm sorry, Stanley. I cannot spare two hours mm -hmm. to watch it. I said, those hours, I never recuperated tomorrow morning. Mm. And he said, well, uh, it would be nice if he could stop. I said, look, you've got all the others. Uh, all these uh, close friends, family friends, nobody from outside of the family. Let's put it that way. Uh, <laughs> I said, uh, just I'm sorry, but I can't stop for two hours. They said, but will you see when he goes out? I said, and I would appreciate if he comes on on VHS <laughs> and I work a little bit at a time. <laughs> he said, oh, dear, I'm sorry. But, you know, it, it took it very well. <laughs> so, but how did you feel when you saw yourself uh, on the big screen for the first time in Eyes, Eyes Wide Shut? Because that was the first time you did that, right, on, in, on front of the camera? Um, well, yes, but we used to do the um, uh, all the tests uh, for the actors, you know, um, on any films, uh, like, you know, uh, dress like... Um, uh, with the costumes and so forth, uh, being screened and so on, but never shown on the on the screen. Mm -hmm. But we used to do all these tests. Uh, that is what uh, I said to you. I had to do everything, not just driving, hobbies, <laughs> <all these> personal <laughs> assistant. Whatever he asked me, I had to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and every every day sounds like it was an adventure too. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that is what I found, you know. Well, I came from Italy to uh, get work, and I got work here. Because at one time I said to him, look, um, people here are complaining because uh, they're under stress of their work and they want more money. So I said to him, uh, you know, please pay them, reward them, or cut the hours for these people. He said, well, they only work the hours uh, uh, which is um, allowed by the, the rules. He said, well, that's what I want. But, well, they would appreciate, you know, their tea break not, not to be disturbed. Yeah. And uh, if they are, they would, be, they would like to be rewarded for it. Oh, he went, mm, okay, we'll speak to the accountant. And he said to me, uh, what about you? I said, well, I don't come into it because I don't mind. 
I said, I just carry on to make you feel happy. <laughs> you know, some of these people, they do give me a hand, especially when I'm loaded up with work coming from London. You know, even I do appreciate if they open the door because with two hands I need another extra hand. And some of these people said, I can point the finger uh, to who they are. They really stay those few minutes to wait for me because they know what I come back with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they said, okay, fine. And one day he said to me, why, why is it that you speak for the others and never for yourself? I said, there is no point. <laughs> I said, just let's get on with it. <laughs> and, uh, but it was nice because uh, at the end of the day, at the end of the week, at the end of the month or the year, uh, I'll never forget the lovely smile. And he was happy. Mm -hmm. And it made me feel um, happy to see that face smiling. Yeah. That it was a satisfact of um, what was uh, done. Uh, were you... Tell, tell me about his... Um, were you on the estate or working with him when he passed? Uh, sorry? When he passed, were you still working for him? Or? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I was working for him, but he rented me a nice um, uh, house nearby because he offered me, if I wanted to stay in the estate, I said, no, I prefer if I could be away, even five minutes, I get this relax that I'm going towards uh, where I want to be. Uh, I said, I thank you very much, because he had a very large, well, the, the house is huge. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, okay, fine. And um, I lived about uh, 10 minutes away from him. And uh, even today, I can't believe that he's gone. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. What, what, do, you, what do you miss most, most about him? Um... It's like talking to you now. Um, he would call me Sunday afternoon and discuss something not to do with work. And uh, he said, have you watched the Grand Prix? Because he, I said, yes. Uh, why is it that car came off? Or why the car exploded? Could you find out? <laughs> uh, you know, all sorts of different questions. I thought, yeah. oh, gosh. He's watching that on the TV himself. I said, okay, tomorrow I'll tell you. <laughs> he said, please leave me a note if you know, if you found out anything. <laughs> because I used to be, with the motor racing, um, involved with uh, people in the office and so forth. You know, I had good friends. Mm -hmm. All the Grand Prix drives which I knew, all friends of mine, which unfortunately were pa almost, they all passed away. Mm. And uh, he was pleased to have this... Um, little note, you know, uh, from these people. He he was endlessly curious. I mean, he, 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 questioned, he questioned everything, didn't he? Every single thing, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh. And uh, I don't know, I don't know why, but, you know, you cannot say that, oh, no, he was just uh, behind the... the 
the cine camera. No, everything he wanted. He wanted to know why, uh, in a small car, they had everything. What well, You see, he used to say, this works, that works. And the car is so small. I said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was it was great, <laughs> you know. It didn't uh, pass bad remark about anything, really. Yeah, um, I, I want to ask you about one other thing uh, before I let you go, and I, I thank you so much for giving me time today. Um, but I want to ask you about the, the communications that he had with other directors, because I'm sure that other directors would seek his seek his advice and and and, and counsel from time to time. And I read something where you actually acted as an interpreter during phone conversations between he and Fellini. Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. Well, unfortunately, Fellini couldn't speak uh, good English. And Sanna said to me, do you mind uh, staying here for extra half an hour before you go out? I was working. You go out just to stay here because the phone has got to ring from Italy and this. a uh, uh, Federico Fellini calling, and I want you to uh, speak to him. <clears throat> I said, well, <laughs> what, 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 what can I say? I'll tell you what to ask him, and he'll tell you in Italian, and you tell me in English. <laughs> I said, okay, fine. So, then, down we go with notepad and so on he used to have in front and show it to me uh, the question to ask to Federico and I wrote it mm. on my notepad in English translated why on this you put that kind of music why on this line and there was a number which I haven't got a clue what it meant but it obviously Stanley did and the question was that Fellini used to ask, uh, answer back, and he used to show to Stanley. I said, wait, the next one. <laughs> <laughs> but if I want to tell you what he meant, I haven't got a clue. Because it, <laughs> it was all very technical. Yes, it was yeah. a thing where the music was on that number and why. Um, why so loud and not uh, question number? Oh, God, I thought this is like... A, <laughs> playing a ping-pong here. <laughs> and, uh, yes, uh, you know, when um, all the other musicians, and like Nino Rodo, which passed away, mm -hmm. uh, he was terrified of that. He said, please stay with me. I said, no. <laughs> Nino, when I introduce you to him, and then I got to go because uh, I got work to do for him, I said, I'll call back in an hour. And uh, you see that is not what you think. Don't be scared. Don't be. But he was terrified. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's what they read about, what they were told about him, which is, was untrue, untrue. And when I picked up Nino Rod, Nino Rod, I came out smiling with Stanley, and he uh, said to me, on the way back to London, I said it. You was absolutely right about Stanley. He's a man which you can spend a flipping year and they don't get tired of talk to him. Mm -hmm. I said, "Well, there you go." <laughs> did did the did the rumors 
bother him? I mean, because he was a very he was a very private person, and you, so you say. Oh that, yes, yeah. yes, very private. But it did not bother him. He, he was a um, how do you say? Uh, <clears throat> he was interested about reading about what people judged about him. Mm-hmm. But behind that, he was a different person altogether. Yeah, and uh, I suppose the press they did a lot to, to, you know, to write and publish about him, but he didn't like to get mixed up with the publicity. You see, right? Uh, well, unfortunately, because but uh, that was him. You yeah, know, I couldn't blame. Going and you speak, you know, they want to interview here, uh, there, and uh, it was all against, only with a very few people. Because even the, um, um, uh, what you call the critic, film critic, mm-hmm. uh, fellow here in London, uh, he was a friend. And uh, <clears throat> he did publish something on the newspaper without telling Stanley. And Stanley said, what the hell have you done? You know, he really uh, went for him. He said, before you do anything, please tell me. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? When are you going to do? And what are you going to print? So this chap was uh, quite nice. <laughs> he said, I'm sorry. <laughs> I only try to do for your best. He said, well, the best I know if you tell me before. <laughs> I'll give you the best. <laughs> well, I, I know that he, he was he was private and he, and he loved... His time at his home with his family, and he had a very, it was he had very close knit groups around him, but yes. he communicated with the outside world all the time by telephone. I mean, he kind of Jamie he, was on the phone every goddamn <laughs> minute. Uh, he had a phone in the loo. He had a phone everywhere on the staircase, in the room, everywhere in a car. Hmm. <laughs> And uh, one time, we um, they said to me, "Can we go out? I want. Uh, I would like to go and have a look at the new something uh, like supermarket when they first came out. You know, in the supermarket, you had everything from bank, post office, um, chemist, everything. Uh, I don't know what she calls shopping center. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, fine. They said, can we take the Porsche? I said, what? <laughs> well, the bush. I said, oh, Stanley. Because I, I had a bad back from Cockwork Orange. And I said, could we use a Mercedes? <laughs> no, I said, oh, thank you for the bush. I said, okay, fine. I get a Porsche out. He said, I'll drive. I said, you drive? <laughs> well, I, I want to see how it performance. I said, Stanley, don't go on a motorway, on a highway. It's on a very small road. <laughs> you can't use all the gears. I said, okay, okay. Anyway, he's driving. We get at a, a roundabout, if you know what, uh, what it means. In America, I don't know what you call it. It's a circle where you've got to go around to a junction instead of Yes, uh, traffic light. You got this aisle in the middle of the road, and I don't know how he managed. 
he went the wrong way. <laughs> and in front of us, there was this double-decker bus. So he stopped. I said, Stanley, stop. So I said, what? I said, look what we got in the front, this monster of bus. I said, you've gone the wrong way. How the hell did you manage to do that? So I said, no, it's uh, the bus in the road. No, I said, you. <laughs> the bus driver did his cross, you know. <laughs> I said, please, out you go, and I'll sit behind the steering, the steering wheel. I'll drive the car. Hmm. And he says, oh. You are right. I was in the, on the wrong side. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but he was, um, <laughs> he wasn't cross. And the way I behaved myself, I thought, I've got to tell him, because this is, don't do it. He was, I think he was thinking about something else. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, uh, Filippo has written a book about your life. Um, yes. He, he, and I, what is what has this process been like to kind of relive the all of these uh, this lifetime of memories? What has that been like for you? Well, fortunately, uh, I kept all the notes from uh, you know the communication notes from Stanley and me because um, as he worked the American hours and the European hours. Um, at the time, there were two or three days we didn't see each other. And these notes, they used to be under the door to his apartment, and from his apartment to, uh, for me to uh, deal with who he wanted to contact, you know, from uh, the offices and so forth, or facts, etc., which I used to be in charge of his offices uh, and nobody else. Um, uh, everything has been kept, and I kept, and they're still with me, all these notes mm. here. And uh, it wasn't too bad, because these notes, they helped a lot. Uh, you, you know, they were, they are the originals, originals from him. And Filippo um, only asked a few questions regarding the note, why, uh, what else. I had to to deal with regarding this note. Uh, it wasn't too bad, but uh, you know, it has been a commitment uh, um, to remind all those things of the past. Yeah, but everything is uh, more or less, and it is written um, from the notes. Well, I. I cannot thank you enough for sharing your memories with me today, and uh, bless you. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm very appreciative to you. For me, it's not a problem, uh, because <laughs> <laughs> even your voice is very nice, and it reminds me of that Sunday afternoon usual call, especially when I used to raise, and Stanley, I used to come back, and Stanley used to call and say, are you safe? <laughs> I said, yes, I'm, I answered the phone, uh, so I am safe, I am back, I am done, you know, I am crushed or anything. He <laughs> said, well, if I don't see you tomorrow morning, I'll see you in the afternoon. I said, okay, fine. He said, I'll leave you the notes and so forth, can you deal with it? I said, of course.
No problem. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, sir. Okay. Don't call me, sir. Emilio. <laughs> okay, Emilio. Thank you so much. I feel younger when they call me by name. <laughs> right. I'm so sorry, Emilio. Thank you. Emily said, don't call me Mr. Kubik. <laughs> Thank you.